Stay with these guys now. Coach them up. Keep them going. The Pete Carroll Show. The first word from the Seahawks head coach every Monday at 9.30 with Danny and Gallant. That's exactly what you want! Presented by Banner Bank on 710 ESPN Seattle. We do have the coach with us. Pete Carroll joining us and sitting down now. Coach... They always come down to the wire against the San Francisco 49ers. You guys have played two classic games against them this season. Yeah, yeah, what a, what a finish, man. That was set up for such an extraordinary finish, and, and uh, really, until it wasn't, we thought we were winning the game, you know, and, and I know it took a long time for uh, all that to happen, but um, what a great finish to the game and, and uh, all the drama you could ever want. And it was set up for just such an extraordinary win. Uh, I, I really, it's it was it's still hard to believe that we didn't win. You know, it was with all that time left, and uh, and we're down the field and there, in there. You know, you just know that something good was going to happen, and we just missed it by an inch. You know, and so much happened at the very end with the, the delay of game and the pass interference that could have been called, and then Hollister being down at the one and being inches short. I imagine a lot had to be going through your head on every single one of those plays. Well, yeah, yeah, it was pretty. Really, it was very, very calm. Uh, the whole thing was was uh, we were poised and, and comfortable with the time frames and everything that was going on. You know, we we the substitution thing didn't work out. You know, we, we it should have. It was just a normal thing, but it just didn't didn't click. And and uh, so we we you know we get knocked back from to the five, but we still should knock it in. We had plenty of chances to win the game right there, and uh, just unfortunately we didn't quite hook it up the way we needed to. You know, it's a terrible way to go, but it was an extraordinary way to, to finish, a, you know, a season, a game and all that, and, and uh, on we go to Philly. Second half, the offense seemed to get going a little bit. Do you think that was a result of adjustments made or guys just settling down and, and playing Seahawk football? Well, no, we did. We Yeah, we had three touchdown drives that were exquisite, you know, and downfield converting. The third down play was great. Russ was uh, totally in command of the game. Um, yeah, we just – we. It, it did. It settled down in that we were able to just fire away at them. You know, we were able to make our, our, our conversions and stuff and make our plays, and the running game was, was uh, enough of a factor to, to, you know, to give us the mix that we needed. And all of it was working, and we, just, we needed to stop them one of the two times that we didn't, you know, and, and uh, we had plenty of chances. They'd really, they, they had too many explosive plays in the game uh, that, that just allowed them to shift the field position too easily. You know, we, we needed to make it harder on them. You're right about that, the explosive plays. I still come back to it. Man, you guys played the game on your terms. Even when it wasn't going well in the first half, you guys kind of controlled the tempo and you gave yourself a shot to win. I, I do want to kind of go back to that delay game because there's a lot happening at that moment. You've you've had a first down on the fourth down with, with John Ursua. And then you've got George Fant, who's who's banged up, and he has to hustle to the line. That and then did you mess with us it. a little bit, but that wasn't, didn't have anything to do with the next play, but yeah. Yeah, and then it, it looked like George was kind of like there was a question, and he kind of waved off and said he was okay. What happens in that interim after the spike? Then you've got the play clock reset. Where where kind of was the breakdown at that point? We just we called the personnel and sent in uh, the guys to go in. And the play before we had uh, no running backs in the game it was all receivers, you know, and the tight end. And so we just had to make that switch to get the running back in. Um, and really, just the communication was there. It just didn't quite function. It didn't happen, you know. And we anticipated that we were okay because we had. In plenty of in normal fashion, we sent in uh, the the personnel with two tight ends and, and a running back, but we didn't get the running back on the field. And uh, was Marshawn delayed a little bit? He was hesitant, and and uh, I didn't see Homer at the time, but Marshawn was going in. He was supposed to go, and we just needed to get it done, you know. And, and we just sometimes what happens when you have a, a 
when you when you spike the ball and you kill the clock, guys kind of sense like it's a timeout, and it's not. It's just a regular sequence, and so there was just a little bit of hesitation. Russell was waiting for it, and he didn't hear the he didn't hear the play um, in the in all that was going on. So he was a little bit late on that one, but that wasn't the issue. The issue was really just getting the running back on the field. By the time he got out there, they called the play. We were late, and that's that's how that's how it worked. And you know that we I can't tell you that we had we had enough opportunities to really smooth out the the substitutions with our new guys that were with us and and uh we just missed it by a hair yeah you did you also had an impact from from marshawn what did you feel about the i, I think this is the right word use of the term the juice he brought did he bring juice yeah I, th- I thought the whole thing was pretty magical i thought it was uh uh you know when just him going on the field just get him introduced and then and we did that just for the fans and for everybody to get a chance you know to enjoy it uh because it was a real occurrence. It was a real thing, you know, and, and uh, I thought he did really well. He hit the line of scrimmage tough, you know, and played played fine. We wanted to get him four or five carries in the first half and see what happens, and that happened, and then uh, we went with him in the second half more so, and he did fine. He felt fine, made it through it, and had a couple of really nice runs. Really had the touchdown pass down there he's going to get, and the guy grabbed him, and, and uh, you know, so he, he did everything. When he scored his touchdown, I thought that was a real moment and uh, for everybody, for the fans and for all of us. I mean, you know, it was – Shoot, I was I was all welled up too. You know, I just fired up about it. You know, it was such a cool thing that happened, and it was all part of the night. You know, it was part of the the story that we were that we had a chance to write. That's why it was it was going to be a magical finish. You know, to to with all that time it, it, to us, it seemed like we had all the time that we needed in the world, and uh, we were going to win the game. And that's just unfortunate that we didn't get give, get the opportunity to give it to everybody. There were a lot of cool Marshawn moments last night. I really liked when he came out onto the field with Travis Homer and Robert Turman. They all came, the trio of running backs, out of the tunnel. And I thought Travis Homer had a really good game. He showed a lot of burst. He took some really big hits. He was a big part of the passing game. How confident do you, are, are you now in what he's able to bring to the table? This is the same guy we've seen since he got here. I, mean, I said that to you before, and you guys haven't seen as much as we have. But he is a downhill, aggressive really explosive kid and and he's and he's tough and his mindset is good he, you know he's leading the punt team you know what I mean he's done a, a lot of things for us all season long so it's not a surprise at all we just need to get him out there you know and and uh he's he's a good player and you can see why he's he's got such a good burst and he attacks so well he's going to be really good in the playoffs too I'm not, I'm not worried about him one bit and not even concerned about him at all other than he just takes some colossal hits and <laughs> delivers some colossal hits too you know so he's tough as nails he's at 200 pounds he hits you as hard as he can I want to talk about DK Metcalf, 900 yards, I think seven touchdowns. Exceeded my expectations for sure, and he's playing so well, and I still see so many things that he can get better at, which you will all sure. throughout the years. Um, how good do you think this guy can be? I think he's a, he will be a, just a foundational guy. You know, he's going to be a, a fixture. He's tough. He's smart. He's totally equipped. Uh, he's a, a great competitor. He's a really good blocker. He's a complete football player. He just needs to grow. And you know how hard it is. So often we don't see rookie receivers do stuff like that, you know, and just to play the complete game. He's already done that. So uh, he's in it, and, and I think he'll be a fixture for a long time. We're talking to Coach Pete Carroll and, and looking at Pete, you mentioned the, the possibility of having a magic moment that you, you give to everybody. It doesn't end up happening that way. What's your message to the team as they come back to work today, getting ready for the playoffs? Well, we got, we got, you know, we just have to move through it and uh, not be, not be swayed by this. Other than it was an opportunity, it was just missed, you know, and and we have. 
battled for these opportunities all year long. This was exactly in our character to, to be positioned to do this and, and to win the football game and get out of here as champions in the division. And uh, there was nothing else in our minds until it, there was no time left and there was we're waiting for the replay, you know. And uh, so... Um, We'll take that with us, and we'll move on, and we'll go to Philadelphia and go see if we can get a win there and get going. Unfortunately, um, we played a lot better on the road than we had at home, and uh, we got to go take that with us. And with that confidence, that helps us going. You know, the fact that we're going out, nobody could be more confident than we are uh, going out and having to win some games on the road. Can you figure out any reason for that, the disparity between home and road? I look at those I'll things. You, I'll tell you next March, okay? I'll get you <laughs> to figure it out. Okay. That's very fair, very fair, Pete. Historically, you guys have finished the season really strong. At one and three going into the playoffs. What about these last four games? Where obviously there have been a lot of injuries and there have been some losses. Do you you feel the best about going into the playoffs? <laughs> That's a good way to ask it. Um, well, I, I feel good about our ability to go on the road and go play football. You know, go play really well. You know, under those circumstances, not even uh, you know discarding the fact that we've already been there. You know, in, in Philly, so that it'll help. I'm sure that and it was a nasty day when we were there. It'll probably be nasty again. Uh, so I'm not worried about any of that stuff. And, and I think that's a good part of us. I think we're a mentally strong team uh, that that we believe and we we know that we can do stuff and we can do all kinds of special things. And uh, you know, we do have some issues now you know some guys banged up that that we've been playing without and it's hard to play without some of these guys but uh we might get some you know some uh return this week too we'll see how this goes um but really it's it's the confidence that we can go wherever we got to go and go play good football Shaquille Griffin has been lights out in the past game this year but last night he came up and made some um big play saving tackles um, has that always been a part of his game? You ever, have you ever always thought of him as a good tackler? Yeah, he's been a physical football player. Uh, last night he had two opportunities to make decisions on how to how to play the perimeter plays, and there's a there's a mentality about it about going for it instead of taking on the block and keeping your outside arm free like everybody generally is taught to do. Uh, the really good players go for the ball carrier and they find a way through the blockers and don't engage. And he he did it two different times in. It's it's just extremely perfect, you know, opportunities to go for it, and he did it, and came through, and they're huge plays. I I hope that just encourages him to continue to trust that he can make those kinds of decisions uh, under those circumstances, because those those are the kinds of plays that separate you from other players. Yeah, man, that second one is, I believe, on that second down play right before the Forty Niners punted, where they had people out there, and that was that was certainly the play that probably forced the the punt in that situation. Yeah, it was. We also have a little bit of uh, injury news. Michael Kendricks, what's the prognosis on him? I uh, don't know. We did not not get test results back from him yet, but he did sprain his knee. We'll, we'll have to find out. Uh, he and, and uh, John Brown, both those guys had, had knee strains and, and of some sort, and we don't know the, extents, uh, the extent of it yet. And then how close was Quandre Dix to playing? I know I know he was listed as questionable. They're telling his... me now today that he's going to be ready to go this week. Uh, he was running and cutting, but not not really fully able to explode. Um, but there's a, you know, I'm, I'm being told by the trainers already that they think he can go. So we'll see. I mean, he still has to make it through the week. Defensively, it feels like jet sweeps and, and, and passes over the middle have really been successful against you guys this season. Is, is there a reason for that, and, and how do you address that in, over a course of yeah, the I think Yeah, I think what mostly stands out is the perimeter game, you know, the ability of teams to get the ball out on the edge, whether it's by the nakeds. You know, it happened a couple times last night. I mean, it never should have happened. I mean, it kills me to see them get get those well, – there's plays we practice all the time, but we got fooled a couple different times, and, and – uh, 
just by the flow of the play. Those we have to get those out of the. They're too easy. They're too easy for the offense to complete and make yards. So it's just a matter of the perimeter stuff has to be sharper. And it, it, when you, the, the reverse was a big play last night, they caused the man the man. We got we got trapped down inside a little bit. Uh, but it, regardless of what the call was of the situation, we have to play better in the perimeter. Um, the stuff over the middle, that's kind of ball. But yeah, the perimeter stuff has ha- happened a number of times during the, the course of the season here, and it has been a, been a problem for us. John Ursua had made his first catch down there on the goal line. Um, other than that catch, did he seem comfortable out there? What have you what did you see out of him last yeah, John, night? Yeah, John, you know, he just had a few snaps, but he did find uh um you know, it was a a terrific route he ran. This is a route where you sit down in the in the end zone, you know, and Russ moved a little bit, so he did in a natural sense he worked back to the quarterback which we're trying to stay in the end zone there. You know, that's the whole idea of the play. And uh so it was a, a nice reaction not quite what we needed for that moment, but still he looked great in, in the instance. And, and uh, Johnny's going to be a really good player. He's really natural. He's really instinctive. He's He is more classically like a, a young player who has a lot of stuff to learn. He was in a different style of offense, and he has a lot of things that he has to carry over in terms of the discipline and the splits and alignments and, and assignments and blocking assignments and all those kinds of things that's going to come to him because he's a great athlete. So I, I I picture him being a really big factor. He's as natural as you can get as a receiver. Pete, you guys have gone through a lot of different things on offense, through injuries largely, the injuries to, to Carson and ProSize, to Dwayne Brown. I, I thought in the second half you guys really found – sort of found an offensive rhythm again, which has to be encouraging for you. George Fant playing left tackle looked really good, and I know that has a trickle-down effect as well because he's not coming in as your sixth offensive lineman. But it seemed like that was that was something you guys really found, the final two quarters yesterday. Yeah, well, we had three touchdown drives and a fourth drive. To, we came up and in short. You know, we played great in the second half on offense. And, and uh, Russ really, really got to working with the rush, uh, and, and the guys did a nice job of keeping them out. I mean, to, to hold those guys to one sack in the game is enormous, um, and, and George did play really well and did a good job. But I, I think it was the coordination of, of Russ and the guys up front, receivers coming through, making their plays, and this the whole thing was functioning. We were able to split some runs on them, too. You know, we, we, we don't rush for the kind of night that we wanted. Uh, we banged it up in there a few times early in the game, but we started to find our spacing. You know, we rushed for 120 something. You know, and and uh, that which was enough for that night. You know, to to have a big game. So I think that the fact we found the rhythm and look at the third down numbers too. I think I don't know what it wound up in the second half. I think it's eight for 24. I'm eight for 14 overall. Eight for 14. Yeah, I think yeah. We, but I think I think we at one point we were six for six in the second half or something like that. We were really on fire, and, and you saw Tyler coming through and Russ using everybody. I, I thought all of that functioning was really on, and that that uh, you know you don't have to win the game early. You know it was 13s at halftime. We were lucky to keep them at 13, but with that, as soon as you score, you're in the game. And unfortunately, we couldn't keep them from getting back down the field again. We we'd come back and won that game, you know, with some margin in the game. So uh, it was a very good showing by the offense. And coming down on that final drive, because you guys have all three timeouts, time is not really going to be a factor. You guys manage the clock pretty perfectly. I, I'm curious, just from a big-picture perspective, what goes into the decision of when to use timeouts? Because they're obviously a resource, and you guys use them. H- how do you guys decide when you're going to use a timeout? Yeah, okay, there's a there's a lot going on there, a lot more than, than people realize. Really, I work with Nate on, on all that stuff. Um, he's, he's a 
got it, he's got it nailed. Uh, you know, at the three thirty six mark or something like that, we had it figured out that uh, we could use one time out there and get to the two minute warning and have. And if it all worked out right, we'd have two going in, which worked out exactly like we had hoped. Um, and so at one fifty six, two timeouts, we're going. You know, and we're, we're we're rolling with the football, which is plenty of time. Now we just need to work the clock so they don't have any, any time left. So that's really why you hold them and, and you hold those timeouts. We called timeout. I called it on fourth down. Because it was fourth down, you know, and it was the whole everything was, and I wanted to make sure everybody knew exactly what we were doing. I think didn't they come back and call timeout also yep. right after yes, that, you know, to take a look at the, what dramatic. we were trying to do? Yeah, it was it was perfectly dramatic, but um, uh, that's uh, that's how we we have a whole sequencing and, and there's an ongoing conversation of when to how to get that done. And, and uh, I, I we were really in command of it last night. I thought everything was fine except for the delay that you know, backed us up. Tackling's largely a matter of execution. This wasn't the best night for, for tackling. What do you do after a game like that in practice the next week? Do you, is it as simple as you show K.J. Wright the two hits he had on film? What is it that you get to instill the message, hey, we got to tackle better? Well, we never don't emphasize tackling. And uh, But what what you do is, is we'll take apart the situations that guys are in. Because tack- tackling is situational. And, and so are you in open space? Are you in closed space? you got the sidelines. Do you have help? Are you all by yourself? All of those uh, variations, variables, you know, enter into it. So... Uh, what also factors in the tackling is who's got carrying the ball in <laughs> some and uh, Samuel was really tough he's he's nails and Kittle is really tough and those two guys you know they they're, they're going to make it through some tackles if you don't wrap it up for the most part it's about finishing the tackle it's you know getting to the point of contact you got to have good leverage and so that's the tracking part of it but you have to finish the tackle which means you have to bring your feet with you and your feet are still on the ground as opposed to lunging into guys and laying laying out kind of for tackles and that that's a a poise that that guys have or you know that you try to develop as they're going by understanding the situation that they're in so that's what will go uh, go on we'll go back to all of the missed tackles we'll look at the stuff uh, you know, Johnny Glenn will do a really good job of, of reviewing all that and showing the guys and we'll break it on down and then we'll match it up with the kinds of players that we have this week and the style of runners that we have and, and catchers that we have to tackle all of that happens and, and uh, it'll again it'll happen this week I'm a former receiver, so pass interference is a it's a touchy subject for me. All year I've seen, in my opinion, I've seen the referees go the wrong ways with this. I felt Hollister was held in the end zone. Yeah, that was, that was pass interference. Is that is that at, yeah. at the end of the at the end of the year? Is that something you bring up, or you kind of just take on the chin and say, "Hey, let's let's move on." Uh, bring up, I don't know what you mean. Uh, bring but, it up uh, just to the league. Of, of, of course, you know that that's that is always the number one topic. It's always pass interference is the number one topic for as long as I've been in the league, and it's always been in flux. Uh, in this past year was the first time that that the offensive pass interference thing really finally became a, a, a reality, where guys do push off and they do this and that because of the review thing. It it, it heightened the awareness of, of the league, and they understood that, oh, geez, there's a whole other side of this that really had not been focused on, in my opinion. And uh, so the whole discussion will go all over again, you know, because of all of the questions and all. I don't think it's been that bad. I think we've learned what what's going on. The The thing that I was fighting for during the off season was allowing the coaches to stay involved all the way through the two-minute situation, you know, and for some reason they came up with thoughts that guys were going to try to stall the games or whatever, you know, and do some different things and misuse that. But that would have been a perfect situation last. That's that's a stop the clock, look at that thing again, and give them another chance. In the time frame, you know, they got 
25 seconds or something, you know, 40 seconds to, to make their decision here. And uh, they didn't stop the game. And that, that was, I don't know, you know, I think that they could have looked at that again in more depth. Um, if I'd had a timeout, I'd have called it there just for that reason, just to give them, that's what happened, you know, earlier on. You know, you give them time to make a choice so they're not rushed. And uh, hopefully that, you know, clear heads and <laughs> prevail and they can see it. But that's unfortunate, you know, and, and uh, it was a big moment right there in the game. Do, do they give you an explanation in the moment, or do you just have to wait until afterwards to hear why it depends. They made the it depends what the you know no no. But if there's a time stoppage and stuff like that, then we get to talk about it. And uh, th- those conversations are pretty idle. <laughs> there's not much happening there. <laughs> Pete, you guys get together. You go to Philadelphia this Sunday. A team that's won 11 games, seven and one on the road. It's going to be a big week for you guys. It sure is. It sure is, and we're we're thrilled to be part of it. And and uh, our guys know that you know everything comes down to this. This is what we've been battling for, just as it was last week. But here we go again, and and uh, uh, we'll be excited to get this thing cranked up and going again. I, I promise you, we will be excited to go get this game. Will not linger. This is different, uh, and I'll, I'll I'll be able to show them we were exactly where we need to be to win the football game, and and uh, we just didn't quite get it done. So uh, they'll understand that. Pete, thank you very much for your time, and we look forward to watching. All you right, guys happy this New Year, everybody. Philly.